Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Friday morning at Wax, the calm before... I don't know what's going to happen weather-wise. It could be kind of tricky, but we'll look at it today. Mike D'Andrea will tell us more about that a little bit later on, but if you're just rolling out or getting ready to head home after third shift, should be no problem this morning. Tomorrow morning might be a different story, so uh, put the uh, ice tires on or whatever. Maybe if we get some rain, it's going to be uh, ice and sleet, so be careful of that. Good morning, Bob and Jill with you on the Farm Show here at Wax, and glad to have you along. Lots of things to look at this morning as far as the news. The short course down at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I know a lot of you listening this morning, attended short course and not happy with the decision being made to change the short course, drastically change the short course. And uh, we'll also look at uh, other news going on in the world of agriculture. Last evening, we were with the Chippewa Valley chapter of Pheasants Forever. MC'd their big banquet out at the Eagles in Halley. And, wow, I think over 300 people were there and uh, gave away a lot of prizes, raised a lot of money. We'll hopefully have a chance to talk to Travis Hakes this morning about some new land that they were instrumental in securing up in the Bloomer area that will be preserved now forever and ever for outdoor fun, hiking, hunting, whatever the case may be. And uh, Jill is also with us, and uh, you had a conversation with somebody, too, that we hope to get to this morning. Yeah, I talked to Jim Lindsay. You know, we always hear him telling about his numbers on the market, but he gave us some marketing advice. Where was that? Down at the Al Civia Beef Producer Seminar on Wednesday night in Osseo. All right, so we've got a lot of that to do as well. We'll look at the markets, and boy, oh boy, they're jumping around this Ukrainian situation. I made the comment last night at the uh, Pheasants Forever banquet with, uh, you know, the shotguns and things that they always give away at the uh, pheasants and ducks and turkey forever type banquets. I said, the one guy you didn't invite was Putin. I'd love to have him here and have him uh, be the guest of a live fire demonstration, see how many of those he can catch. But... uh, Oh, man, that guy's a menace. He's Hitler with a nuclear bomb, and he is scary, and he's got to be stopped. I'm sure we'll hear about more of that in the news. But, again, we got lots to do this morning here on Wax. And a quick check of that weather as we have it now. It's calm out there. Our weather forecast brought to you by Marquardt Motors. And Marquardt Motors would like to thank their valued and loyal customers, their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Marquardt Motors the largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. Mostly clouded today, high 37, not a problem. About 9 o'clock tonight or so is when it could start getting tricky. It's going to get down to about 30, and they're talking rain and some ice later on. So if you're going to be out and about tonight, be very, very careful. It could get tricky when, you, when you're going, maybe not bad, when you're coming home 
could be nasty tomorrow. It's going to get up to about 45, so we'll have showers, maybe about a half inch of rain. And then uh, Saturday night, getting down into the upper 20s, rain, snow mixed later on. So, again, a chance of early snow on Sunday as well. So, again, later on tonight through Sunday, be careful. If you have to go someplace, very, very careful. If you don't have to go anyplace, stay home. It's 10 degrees right now in Eau Claire. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, we'll get a complete look at the weather with Mike Dander here in about 35 minutes or so. He'll tell us timing on all this weather that's coming in later tonight, uh, overnight, into tomorrow and into Sunday, as a matter of fact. So you got travel plans this weekend. Be careful. Right now, one minute after 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Now let's find out what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Fear spread overnight of a massive nuclear disaster after Europe's largest nuclear plant caught fire. Russian forces shelled the Zaporzhia nuclear power plant as the invasion of Ukraine shows no signs of letting up. The fire has since been extinguished, and the International Atomic Energy Agency says the plant is now secured. Russia's economy is taking another hit after its invasion of Ukraine. Moody's Investor Service has cut the Russian government's long-term debt rating to junk status. Moody's also dropped the ruble to not prime in its short-term ratings. This came as the dollar and euro again rose to all-time highs against the ruble on Moscow's currency market Thursday. The U.S., its allies, and partners keep adding more economic sanctions against Russia in hopes of denning the country's ability to make war on Ukraine. The CDC says over 90% of Americans can stop wearing masks. Mark Mayfield fills us in. The agency made that revelation Thursday, noting the numbers of nationwide coronavirus cases have decreased to a level where a majority of folks can stop using face coverings. It comes after the CDC's revised mask metric system showed most people lived in a region with low to medium risk of catching the virus. The direction pertains to everyone, regardless of vaccination status. Kentucky's Republican Attorney General can defend an abortion law. That's the ruling issued by the U.S. Supreme Court. Daniel Cameron can now defend the measure after it's been on hold for a few years. The law restricts a certain type of abortion performed after the 15th week of a woman's pregnancy. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And again, taking a look at our weather forecast. Be careful later on tonight. There's a winter storm watch uh, in our air about 9 o'clock. And it's because of uh, rain, sleet, snow, ice. You know, what's it going to be? But just be careful. And later on tonight, overnight into tomorrow, we're going to have rain. The temperature's going to get about 45. And so that's going to be rain, maybe a half an inch. And that night's going to cool off again. And we'll be below 30, so rain, snow mix later on into Sunday. Sunday, it'll get about 34. So, again, through about Sunday, be careful. After about oh, 8, 9 o'clock tonight, it's going to be uh, tough going for a while. So just be careful. It'll warm up 32 on Monday, 38 on Tuesday. Right now, 
Medford's 8, Rice Lake is 3, Wausau's 9, Marshfield 11 above, Green Bay 16, La Crosse at 23, Madison Sun Prairie 24 right now. It's 25 down in Milwaukee and uh, here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area right now. Not a bad morning out there. It's 10 above and we'll get into the upper 30s today. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Seven minutes after five o'clock. Markets again brought to you by our friends at Rural Mutual Insurance. And uh, Jill, the cash livestock on a Friday morning. The choice fed beef steers are 130 to 146 with mixed at 120 to 129. Choice fed beef heifers are 130 to 146 with mixed coming in at 112 to 129. Choice fed Holstein steers are 118 to 131, with selects at 86 to 117. Cows are 55 to 73, with a top of 96. Bulls are 73 to 101. Butcher hogs are 60 to 71. Sows are 51 to 69 and a half. Boars are 18 to 29. New crop market lambs are $2 to 235. Old crop market lambs are 130 to $2. Feeder lambs are 2 to 3.50. And at the Mercantile Exchange at the close on livestock futures, cattle were lower, well, so were hogs, mostly down across the board. April live cattle, 138.35, down $1.75. June cattle, 135.15, down $1.35. August, 135.65, that was down $1.05. And October at 142.85, down 70. The feeder cattle market, April, 160.52, down 247. May down 250 at 165.50. August down 160 at 178.72. And September closed 181.52. That was down $1.32. Lean hog carcass contracts. April 105.20 down $1.10. May at 110.50 down 52. June hogs 116.50. And that was up a nickel. And July at 115.42 was down 17. On the board of trade, this volatility in the Ukraine has these markets, uh, boy, they're, they're skyrocketing. We're seeing some big numbers here going uh, mostly higher. Corn was higher yesterday and overnight higher again. We're looking at July corn up 12 at 7.15 a bushel this morning. The oats up a dime at 7.26. July soybeans were uh, overnight. Soybeans overnight went down a little bit. Uh, yesterday morning we were over $17 this morning. July soybeans down eight at sixteen twenty four. Meal for March up three seventy a ton at four sixty one forty. And the wheat up fifty one cents. Thirteen dollars and forty cents a bushel for wheat this morning on the Board of Trade. So again, looking at some numbers we don't share with you very often. We're also going to share, we said we were at the uh, Chippewa Valley chapter of Pheasants Forever, and those folks really do a lot with habitat and increasing habitat and uh, youth hunts and all kinds of things. Using the outdoors, our beautiful outdoors in Wisconsin, and we talked to Travis Hakes, and uh, Travis is uh, the leader of the Chippewa Valley chapter of Pheasants Forever. And uh, interesting story, some new land becoming available. 
Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The government, state, local, federal, they all get a lot of criticism, but they do some good things. We're going to talk to Travis Hakes now, and Travis is one of the leaders with the Pheasants Forever organization here in the Chippewa Valley. And Travis, tell us the story of uh, what's going on. Some more land is going to be set aside for public use thanks to, well, in a big part, to the state legislature. What's the story here? What's the background? Um, So about a year ago, I identified 185 acres of property that was for sale um, on the open market, and I immediately contacted Scott Sipitich, who is a wildlife and farm bill biologist through Pheasants Forever. We looked at the property and were able to identify that it was within the DNR acquisitional boundary. They don't like to add um, public land north of Highway 64. And this was just on the east side of 40, north of 64, in the township of Bloomer, um, right along 227th Ave. Due to the fact that it was within the DNR acquisitional boundary um, and there was already established parking lots, we were able to get a grant through Knowles Nelson that was approved by joint finance. Um, How big was that grant? Uh, over $200,000. And that was um, supported by uh, Jesse James, state representative, um, state representative Rob Summerfield, and state senator Kathy Bernier. Um, we were able to get that grant through um, just this last week here. And then this morning, um, I was informed that we got approved for another $95,000 grant through ANACA, which is a wetland um, grant, because part of this 185 acres has wetland habitat. What is really nice and unique about it is it's got McCann Creek fishery shoreline, so it's a trout one, or class A trout stream. There's wetland on it, there's hardwood on it, and then there's about 85 acres of prairie grass, which makes it good habitat for upland birds. And uh, as we're talking here on Thursday night, you said you just found out you're getting that $95,000. So is the deal done, and how long will it take before it is identified the way you want it for the public use? Um, that actually got completed yesterday on Wednesday, and there are sold signs along uh, Highway 40 for it. Um, there is a deal that closes tomorrow that should give us the remaining funds to um, to close that to close that deal and pay back that debt, basically to Pheasants Forever National. Um, so we're really excited about it. Um, it's going to be a great opportunity for our chapter and, and the Bloomer area to add more public land that's got a unique diversity for it. Now, we mentioned public land. What's the plan for the usage of it? Uh, we're talking with you from Pheasants Forever. You say it's got a Class A trout stream. Are there going to be restrictions? Is it going to be camping and hiking trails? Are we going to be able to do some bird hunting? Um, It's basically going to be for recreational use, and when I say recreational use, it'll be for hiking, um, hunting, and uh, there there won't be any camping or any ATV or horse trails on it, but it'll be um, hiking, you know, nature watching, trout fishing, duck hunting, deer hunting, um, bird hunting, pheasants, uh, turkeys. Um, As a chapter, we'll maintain the habitat to ensure that it is uh, best suitable for all the wildlife in the area. Again... Once again, that's Travis Hakes, who's the leader of the Chippewa Valley chapter of Pheasants Forever and uh, doing good things out there. So up along McCann Creek, up there in the Bloomer area, that land becoming available now because uh, they sought it out, got help from the state legislature, and uh, got the money needed.
We'll take a look at some farm news, what's going on with the, well, with the short course program. We'll get a little about that coming up on Wax. It's a quarter after five, and hey. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes after five o'clock here at Wax. Time to take a look at a little farm news. A big story here, and uh, perhaps you've uh, heard about it or read about it, whatever the case may be, Jill, the short course. Some major changes are coming to the 136-year-old University of Wisconsin Farm and Industry Short Course. Over those years, the program has allowed farm kids to attend a 16-week on-campus program taking college classes focused on agriculture and allowing them to be home for planting through harvest on their farms. But when the current students leave campus in about a week, it'll all change. This program, this fall, the program will shift from a campus an on-campus experience to multiple non-accredited classes that students can pick and choose. Students in the current program are frustrated with the decision to change and the program saying the studies will no longer be accredited and they will lose their on-campus student community. Students are always also frustrated because they weren't included in the decision and just found out about the changes a few days ago. University officials say lower enrollment numbers and financial changes led to their decision. And one of those uh, on-campus officials, Doug Reinemann, down there, and uh, he's uh, at the university, and our Pam Yonke down in Madison went over and, and had a chance to talk to Reinemann and ask him what's going on and uh, what's happening as far as the short course and why. Yes, it has. And so, you know, we're really tracking very closely uh, the number of, uh, students applying for the program and uh, especially the number of students that actually show up once they're admitted. So we've just seen a really, um, there's sort of a slow decline over the last sort of 10-ish years. And then starting in about uh, 2016, we started to see a much more rapid drop in our uh, both our applications and our enrollment. So, you know, we've done a been doing a lot of thinking about why is that? You know, why aren't uh, students applying and, and why aren't we getting the enrolled student base we did? So doing, doing a lot of thinking about what's going on with, with the current structure of the short course and uh, trying to come up with ideas to, uh, you know, revitalize it in a way that it's, uh, the, you know, of, of interest to a, a wider population. And again, that's Doug Reinemann on the campus with the University of Wisconsin short course. But again, I can't imagine they're going to attract more non-accredited courses. It's taking correspondence courses and not getting any accreditation as uh, they have for 136 years. So big changes down at the short course at the university. Well, as again, I told you yesterday, it's getting to be the University of Madison more than it is the University of Wisconsin. But I'll hear about that, but that's okay. I want to, I want to find out more, and we will. All right, 19 minutes after 5, and coming up, we're going to find out about the seed supply. Getting ready to plant your garden, what you're going to do. Are you going to have problems finding seed? We'll check on that next here on WAC. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Keep looking ahead. Spring is around the corner. Planting seeds is definitely on my mind. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Stephanie had the opportunity to talk about 
the uh, availability of the seeds around. That's right, Jill. And garden seeds are on my mind, too. And actually, the COVID-19 pandemic brought on a need for seed. And this increase in demand has meant that seed producers and garden centers have had to catch up on their supply. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I talked to Nathan Zondag. He's the president and CEO of Jung Garden Center. He says they've been sitting pretty good in terms of seed supply. But if you're in search of a specific breed, you want to make sure you get those now. He says it's always a good rule of thumb to get your shrubs, fruit trees, and garden seeds early. But that's even more true this year. So with seeds, what's happened is we've seen a huge increase in demand over the last couple of years. We're expecting that increase to keep going at least through the next year, if not the next couple of years. So what that means as far as an industry as a whole is that you are probably we're probably going to start seeing some holes in the um, in the inventory just as the growers have to start to catch up because it does take a couple of years you know to get everything you know get everything caught up. We are we personally are are sitting in pretty good shape with what we have in stock. We're a little bit our inventory is a little bit low compared to what we would have wanted it to be, but all in all, we are we are sitting in good shape, I guess. Is it a particular plant or variety that you're seeing holes, the tighter the big, supply? Yeah, the biggest issues that we're having is anything that we have to import from, from overseas. So um, we do get a lot of, I mean, we get seeds from all over the world, from Europe, from China, from India, from uh, Mexico, just all over the all over the planet. So when we're we're supplying those, we're doing a lot of that stuff a year or two in advance. And with all of the issues with the supply chain, some of it's a little bit later than we want. Some of it we had to order more so that we could make sure that we had enough. And some of it isn't going to make it. Um, I'd say the biggest variety that that we have that is going to be affected is probably tomatoes this year. That being said, we have um, we have some between all of our catalogs, between all of our businesses, we have about 600 varieties of tomatoes, and it's probably going to affect about 25 of those varieties. So it's not the majority by any stretch of the imagination. We still have, you know, 95 plus percent of the of the uh, uh, tomatoes that we would like to have. It's just a little bit more than we typically see as far as issues with bringing in seed. Of course, right? It has to be the the plant that's easiest to can. <laughs> of of all the different kinds of types of tomato, there just may be, you know, if there's this very particular tomato that somebody has their heart set on, we might not have that particular tomato, but we probably have three other tomatoes that are very similar and will do will do the same job that the one they're looking for will. What about greenhouse supply? I you know, in terms of uh, you know, landscaping shrubs, uh plants, Fruit, even fruit trees. How is that looking? So, fruit trees is a crop that is on a three-year cycle. So, all of our fruit trees that we ordered have been on order for three years now, and so all of that is in pretty good shape. The issue we're probably going to see is in a couple of years we're not going to we're probably going to be short on some of those varieties because a lot of the backstock that we had planned on having got sold through some of the fruiting trees and shrubs that are on those longer cycles. Um, as far as greenhouse supply is concerned, I think the biggest thing that we've seen between last year into this year is, is an I- infrastructure issue. So we grow a lot of stuff ourselves. We have about 
oh, 10 acres of greenhouse space that we use for ourselves, but that's not enough space to cover everything that we sell through our garden centers and our catalogs. So what we do is we have growers from Wisconsin and also some growers in Michigan that grow plants for us. The issue we're having is uh, some of the growers in Michigan are no longer traveling to Wisconsin because of um, trucking issues and and different um, labor issues and things like that that are causing some problems with getting the product we need. Now, we have the benefit, like I said, that we do have a lot of growing greenhouse that we do ourselves, so we are trying to work here to find a plan to make sure that our garden centers have the product that we need, whereas if we didn't have that space, we maybe wouldn't have everything that we want for our garden centers this spring, so like tomato and pepper plants, petunias and calibercoa, and other annual flowers that, that we bring in from, um, from other greenhouses. We maybe wouldn't have that this spring if we didn't have the, the uh, greenhouse space that we have ourselves. So we're, we're pretty lucky in that respect that we have, the, um, we have the capability of being able to do some of that work ourselves um, because a lot, of, uh, a lot of the garden centers, I'm guessing, are probably going to run low on a lot of those gardening plants, the tomatoes, the peppers, the vet, other vegetables, the, and, the, uh, and the bedding plants like the petunias. Do you recommend consumers purchase their seeds, purchase their fruit trees early? I would say if you're looking for very specific varieties, the earlier you purchase them, the better. And that's kind of a good general rule. It's not just the last couple of years, but I would say that the last couple of years have shown that it's a little bit more important. Um, because, like I was saying, with the tomatoes, uh, tomato seeds, we're going we're gonna to have most of the seeds, but... If you have a specific seed that you want, it may sell out faster this year than it has in the past. And if you don't order it in time, it may not be there, and you'll have to order something else. And again, just plan ahead. Farmers are planning ahead. Everybody's planning ahead. If you're looking for uh, garden seeds, plan ahead. (laughs) That's the word. All right, we've got almost 28 minutes after 5. We're going to get an update on the news. Morgan's going to join us next here on Wax. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning here at Wax. Let's see what's going on in the news. We go to the newsroom. Morgan is with us, and uh, I'll bet you're excited. The legislature's considered a bill that could mean full employment in Boyceville. Oh, yeah? Yeah, legalizing marijuana. That Boyceville gold could be all over the place. Some people have been working overtime for years, <laughs> from my understanding, Bob. Well, now they'll be able to show their face, but I mean, it's still a ways away. But, yeah, uh, but more support than ever, actually. The latest Marquette uh, Law School poll showed that the marijuana legalization here in Wisconsin is over 61%. Oh, really? Now, uh, so it's getting more close to acceptable yeah. at the legislative level. I think they did most of their questioning in Dunn County. It, it depends where you poll. Yeah, it does. Right. It does depend where you poll. Good polling. All right. What's going on? Well, with headlines that keep us in our state, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll start with Wisconsin's new political map that will have Governor Tony Evers' name on it. The state Supreme Court yesterday decided to go with governor's design for the state house and congressional seats. Swing Justice Brian Hagedorn said the governor's map moved the fewest number of people around. The governor's map also gives Democrats in our state a better chance at a handful of races, including two for Congress. Now, we'll look at the other side of the aisle as well. Conservative justices on the court say choosing the governor's map as opposed to the one drawn by Republican lawmakers ignores how the map making process is supposed to work. 
While we go to the roads with truck drivers in the group headed to Washington, D.C. to protest coronavirus mandates, but meeting in the southern part of Wisconsin. The Toma Area School District said members of the Freedom Convoy will drive through Monroe County today and plan to meet up at the intersection of I-90 and 94. The school district says about 500 truckers are expected to drive through the area. Well, welcome to the neighborhood. Governor Tony Evers making a stop near us to announce some of the $213 million in those neighborhood investment fund grants. Evers was in Rice Lake presenting more than $8 million to that community and some others in our area. These projects are outstanding dealing with issues around downtown economies or homelessness or affordable housing. You know, the pandemic has shown that uh, these are areas that we need to address. A grants awarded range in size from $1 million to a maximum of $15 million and are funded through the American Rescue Plan Act. Well, there's a new nameplate on the door for Eau Claire and city manager. City Council yesterday said Stephanie Hirsch is their choice to lead the city. Currently, the operations administrator for the Eau Claire County Department of Human Services. Eau Claire has been without a full-time city manager for a couple of years. The city hopes to finalize her contract next week. She's slated to take over in April. While Wisconsin was shut out at this year's World Championship Cheese Contest, cheesemakers named the winners yesterday, and none of them are from Wisconsin. The big cheese this time, it was from Switzerland, and the runner-up, also representing that part of the world, was a Switzerland cheese. And we take it all the way to the West Coast, with Disneyland changing an icon for the first time in the park's nearly 67-year history, and that's to celebrate Women's History Month. It's not M-I-C-K-E-Y. In March, it's M-I-N-N-I-E, right, Brian? The Mickey Mouse floral arrangement that greets visitors as they walk through the park's entrance gates has been transformed to Minnie Mouse. Seasonal changes to the floral design have been made before, but it has always been in the shape of Mickey Mouse since the park opened in 1955. Disneyland's horticulture specialist said Minnie Mouse is just as iconic as her boyfriend of 93 years, and it was time to give her the spotlight. I'm Brian Shook. 93 years, no small feat, especially in uh, the Hollywood area, right? I'm Morgan McCarthy, and now you are up to date on Wax 104.5. What uh, this truckers, these mandates have been rolled back. There, This was uh, kind of similar to what Canada was recently going yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was an extension of that, and it was organized pre the CDC updating of the guidelines, so they're still planning to take the convoy to D.C. Um, to as a statement of protest against mandates that are in the process of being rolled back around the country to different degrees. But Toma, but you know what? The the real upside, Bob, is that kids in Toma are going to get out of school a little bit earlier today because they're planning for some traffic in that area. So the district yeah. is trying to adjust. Oh yeah, stay off the interstate with those guys going through. It's been interesting stuff. And Mickey and Minnie—they've been dating for ninety-five years. Ninety-three. Ninety-three. Years. Yeah, ninety-three years. You know, I think it's working between them. They seem to have hit it off, right? <laughs> I think so. That, or they're just too tired yeah. to, to break Goofy, up at this point. Goofy isn't an illegitimate child of Mickey and Minnie. I think he was the best man in the wedding. I think so. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. We'll see you later. Yeah, bet, Bob. There goes Morgan this morning uh, from over in Boyceville. Happy folks over there. Maybe in the future. All right. We've got weather to look at. Let's go over to Skywarn 13 right now because that's uh, probably the most important segment of the morning, the way it looks over here. Mike Dandry is with us. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. You flatter me, by the way. Oh, no. You've got important stuff to say and uh, more so than ever here. This is. I was thinking about uh, going out for fish tonight or going to a ball game and things like that, but uh, if I do go home early, huh? 
Yeah, so basically tonight, I mean, we'll, we'll have mace, mostly a quiet day ahead of us, mostly cloudy conditions, temperatures at seasonal averages in the, the mid to upper 30s, so it's not going to be too bad of a day. But later tonight, I would say around the midnight hours where things can get a little interesting. That's where we'll start to see a little bit of rain, some sleet, maybe even some freezing rain. Uh, in, in anticipation of that, the National Weather Service did schedule some winter weather advisories for a lot of our northern counties. Uh, so that being said, roads may be a little slick later on tonight. Later tomorrow morning, that'll transition over to more rain and really last throughout most of the day tomorrow, maybe a little break in the early afternoon. But there are some thunderstorms that are possible with this, too, and our temperatures will warm up uh, fairly nicely. But it's not the day that not the way you want to spend a day that's into the mid to upper 40s, because, again, some thunderstorms are possible with this. If you go towards the southwest, any travel plans towards La Crosse, even into Iowa, you may run into some stronger storms as well. So keep that in mind. Rain will really persist for most of the day on Saturday before transitioning back to a little bit of freezing rain potentially as lows dip to the upper 20s. And then by Sunday morning, that system starts to depart. Temperatures again back to the mid-30s with mostly cloudy conditions for really the rest of the day on Sunday. Right now in Eau Claire, quiet start, overcast conditions, temperature of 12 degrees. I'm Skyward 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. Now, how far south do you think the break will be where it be just all rain? La Crosse probably going to be just rain? Or? La Crosse is looking mostly like rain just okay. because their temperatures tonight are expected to not really dip too much below uh, the mid-30s. All right. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. No problem, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. We'll be here. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 looking at our weather on wax. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean loves working with our area farmers, and they want to say thank you. And they also want to make 2022 a great year for you with a crop of dark red kidney beans. Kidney beans are a high-value crop with a great return on investment and a great addition to any rotation. Chippewa Valley Bean would like to work with you in 2022 to bring value to your operation with a crop of kidney beans. If you want to talk about what Chippewa Valley Bean can do for you, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930 or find them on the web at cvbean.com. That's cvbean.com. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About 21 minutes before 6 o'clock right now at Wax and we've got more farm news to look at. Jill, what else is going on? It's almost time for a new farm bill from the Congress. In the House, hearings are already underway to see what should be brought back from the 2018 bill and what changes need to be made in the new 2023 bill. The House Agriculture Committee has been holding hearings this week on provisions for the farm bill, and they are hearing from farmers and agribusiness that farmers need more protection to react to the uncertainties we will have with weather and markets. They testified specifically about skyrocketing fertilizer prices, availability of the product, as well as too few companies having control of the fertilizer market. Farmers also said the new bill has to find a way to control volatility in the markets when we have situations like what's happening in the Ukraine. And if you've been following those markets, as uh, farmers have been, you know, wow, numbers we haven't seen. Wheat's over $10 and uh, just uh, some... Some big numbers, that's for sure. And also, uh, Jill, you went to an Alcivia meeting, a beef meeting, the other night. Some pretty interesting speakers, huh? Including guys aren't far away. You know, we usually hear Jim Lindsay talking about his markets from Equity Altoona. But he put on a little presentation here at the Alcivia Beef Producer Seminar in Osseo. Tell us a little bit more about marketing. 
Well, Jill, uh, I think the biggest thing with marketing beef cattle is the tendency has been over the years to sell cattle the second half of October, early November, kind of through the month of November, um, especially the cull animals. Uh, and that's usually when they have their least value. Um, so I guess the, the point I tried to drive home to some of these people was maybe you should hang on to those animals, try to feed them if their low body condition score, try to increase it. Um, look at selling those animals more in February, March, April, uh, you know, even in early summer when the demand for the cattle is really there. And you talk about a flood of cows coming in in this October time. Is it, where's that coming from? Is that coming from mowing the out west and they're going through their herds or from the south? Where's it come from? Well, it kind of comes from all over. Uh, primarily the west. Uh, the old rule of thumb was cattle had to be off the BLM land the middle of October, uh, and that created kind of a, a flood of beef cattle at that time that would, that would kind of last all the way into early December even. I think what we've kind of see, seen the last year was a lot of it was more drought-related. Um, that started earlier, kind of late late July, early July even. Um, and, it, and it took into account even southern Canada. Cattle from, from that far away were coming to plants as close as Minnesota and Wisconsin. So, And you talked about marketing at a little bit of different time, getting maybe putting some extra feed in there if it's available. Is that one of the tips that you have? Yeah, I think anytime you can increase, especially on those those animals that have a low body condition score, anytime you can increase that, it increases the yield. And a lot of times that can be done from the time period when the prices are lowest until the time period when they're probably at their highest. And that was Jim Lindsay from Equity Altoona on a little special report. Rather than just reading us numbers, we got some advice. And I'm Jill Welke. Thank you, Jill. Jim, of course, is the manager of the Equity Altoona Barn, and we will hear Jim with the the markets coming up from Altoona here in just a few moments. Before we do that, Jill, uh, things coming up around the area? Private pesticide applicator training is in Clark County today at the Thorpe Fire Hall starting at 9 o'clock. All right, and that is today. And, and next week we're getting close to things like... Uh, PDPW business conference and uh, those uh, in front of you there. What else is coming up maybe in the next week or two? Um, There's a winter workshop with farming and profitability with cover crops and healthy soils. The first one is March 7th at the Augusta Bridgewick Fire Station starting at 10 and going till 2.30. And there's another one on March 9th at the CAM Center in Thorpe covering the same kind of stuff. Good good to get uh, live meetings back again. People's attitude just a whole lot better. As we said last night, we were over at uh, the Eagles Club in Tilden and uh, about 300 people there. and Everybody was happy to get out and see their friends and neighbors. So it was uh, their hunting buddies and all that sort of stuff. So again, Good to have a lot of these meetings coming up, and and we'll uh, update the calendar and let you know other things coming up. As we said, uh, PDPW is coming up, and at the end of the month, it'll be the big farm show, the WPS Farm Show over in Oshkosh. That'll be a three-day show at uh, the EAA grounds in Oshkosh, so lots is happening once again. That's a good thing. Hey, we're going to get more Jim Lindsay coming up here in a moment. We'll find out what happened yesterday. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's quarter to six and 12 degrees out there. Let's hear from Jim Lindsay, Equity Altoona. 
Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.15 to $1.35. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.10 to $1.35. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.20 to $1.35. Choice Holstein steers, $1.10 to $1.19. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.09 and down. Top 20% of the cow cows sold from 74 to 78. We topped at 80.50. 60% of the cows sold from 62 to 73. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 61 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 90 to $1.10. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cold bulls sold from 70 to a dollar. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 70 to $185 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $70 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 100 to $280 per head. Sows on Thursday sold from 68 to 73. We did top at 74 and a half. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, March 3rd, starting at noon. We are expecting 250 to 300 head for this sale. We will have a lot of good Holstein and beef feeders as well as 10 shorthorn crossbred beef cows. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 12 minutes before 6 o'clock and we've got more markets. We're going to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is up and so we're in the lunch. Jerry, where are the good fish fries over in your part of the country? Well, there's a lot of them, but I'm going to our, our local church here. We are very proud of our fish fries, so we're... Well, what church is that? Is that tonight? What church? Where is it? Let's uh, load them up right. with people. Yeah, St. Patrick's, Halder, Wisconsin, about halfway between uh, Mosadie and Stratford. I can't miss us. And uh, so we're starting to serve, uh, I believe, about four. Uh, we are aiming pretty much at carryouts, but if you want to come and sit down and eat, we'll let you do that, too. So now we're happy to get her back going again this year because, you know, the COVID thing has really played havoc with a lot of this stuff the last couple of years. So. Are you the main chef or what? Oh, no, they're smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> you just eat? You don't ch- You don't cook? No, I don't cook. <laughs> oh, well, I thought it sounded to me like you were pretty much involved in this thing. Well, I am on certain other areas, but no. All right. Part of the way I stay from the kitchen, you know, it's going to be a lot healthier for All the people, right. you know. So what time does it start tonight over there at St. Patrick's? Four. Four o'clock. Okay, so it runs till how long? Seven, eight, or what? About eight o'clock, yeah, All usually. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, and you'll be there holding court, uh, signing autographs, taking pictures, smiling and dialing and stuff? Probably not. I'll just go and get the fish and uh, and see how things are going today. Ah, but, uh, we've got to get got to get this done though before all this crappy weather comes in. Yes, now, huh? yes. It won't be until after nine o'clock. So you're in you're in good shape. All right. Well, before you go eat fish, tell us what's happened this week in Stratford. Well, we'll tell tell the folks about that. And Bob, thank you, and a good morning to everyone. And a summary from this past week here at Equity Stratford. Markets are, uh, for the most part, pretty good shape. Uh, market cows continue to be on a very strong trend. High yielding Holstein cows this past week here in Stratford. 
we're selling from 75 to 90. Extreme Top and the cows did reach 92. That was some, some fancy beef cows. Uh, most of the cows this week selling from 58 to 74. Thinner cows, plainer cows below 58. On the bull trade, a steady trend of the bulls. Better quality bulls, mostly from 85 to a dollar. Lighter bulls below 80. Uh, fed cattle this week. Choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from uh, 105 to 120. Uh, not a lot of prime steers offered this week, but the higher choice grades from 121 to 127 and select grades 105 and below. On the uh, calf market, again, good demand in the bull calves. Oh, buyers are very selective, though, but your good quality, 9,230 pounders from 85 to 185. Fancy bull calves from 185 to 205 on the top end. Limited demand on these upper calves, 25 and back. Beef calves, very strong, 150 to 350. And we did top this week on the beef calves at 405. Well, uh, before we leave uh, this morning, we're going to take a look at our schedule next week here at Stratford. Uh, uh, of course, full marketing week on tap, but we do have that big dairy cattle auction coming up next Tuesday here in Stratford, March 8th. We've got a complete milking cow spring and heifer dispersal, a very fine herd of cows coming out of Larson, Wisconsin. Folks, if you're looking for some really good young cows, we want to see you on March 8th. That will start at 11 o'clock. Uh, catalog is available uh, today. You can, uh, after you get done with chores, you want to take a look, just... Uh, Click on Equity Stratford's website. There is a link there to the catalog. A lot of young cows, first and second lactations, all AI bred and sire, very good components. So an excellent opportunity. Add some, uh, add some milk cows. Milk price is good now, so now's a good time to be adding some cows. And, again, this is a very nice herd, and we're very happy to have this offering for you folks. Also, spring and heifers, again, that's going to be on Tuesday. Just keep in mind our next feeder sale next Wednesday. So, Bob, uh, you and uh, Jill, enjoy the weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll not get too much of this freezing stuff and stay out of the ditch, but it's, uh, it's March. Anything can happen. Absolutely. Well said, my boy. Enjoy the fish fry. We'll talk to you next week. We will. Thank you, Bob. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And again, uh, we've got about 12 degrees. We'll update our weather forecast for you because, uh, yeah, as Jerry alluded to, there could be some tricky weather. I mean, uh, let's not panic, but uh, we've been in Wisconsin. We've seen it before, but uh, we'll update that and a whole lot more yet. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, as we look at our markets, Volatility is the word in these markets as, again, they were up yesterday, wheat way up and up overnight again. But uh, we did have a, a little slower market overnight after the rise yesterday. July corn is now up 12 cents, sitting this morning at 7.15 a bushel. The oats up a dime at 7.26. July soybeans down 8 overnight. Yesterday morning we were at 17.02. This morning uh, ju- the July soybeans sitting at 16.24. March meal 4.61.40. That's up 3.70 a ton. The wheat has uh, taken the big jump as we're looking at uh, the wheat up 51 cents, about 13.40 a bushel. Country elevator prices, Jill. What do we got for some of those numbers? For Doomer's Grain in Holman and Buck Country in Arcadia, corn is at $7 and beans are at fifteen ninety four. Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn is six eighty six with soybeans at fifteen eighty five. Connorsville, corn six eighty six and soybeans fifteen eighty five. And taking a look at our DTN screen at Golden Plump, corn today is seven oh nine a bushel. At Baldwin, Elmwood, and Fall Creek, corn six sixty nine, soybeans fifteen ninety one. Durand has uh, corn at six sixty seven, with the beans at fifteen ninety one. At Mondovi, six seventy one for the corn, fifteen eighty six on the beans. Osseo, six seventy four and fifteen ninety one. Stevens Point, 
Soybeans, fifteen sixty nine. Elk Mound, corn is six seventy nine. The beans, fifteen eighty two. Sparta, six ninety six and fifteen eighty three. Ellsworth, six sixty four and fifteen seventy six. At the ethanol plants, Boyceville corn seven oh one today. Stanley and Richmond not reporting a number. Barrel cheese up a nickel yesterday, one ninety seven. The blocks up four and three quarters, two ten and a quarter. Butter down or butter up two and a quarter at two seventy. Class three also higher. March up nineteen cents, twenty two forty three. April up thirty nine at twenty three forty four. May up forty eight at twenty three fifty five. June up fifty four cents at twenty three forty five. And July up forty cents at twenty three twenty. Quick check of that weather forecast again. Brought to you by Markwart Motors. Don't forget, Markwart is hiring a metal technician in their high volume auto body shop. Marquardt offers a competitive salary with a generous benefit package. Apply in person or call MarquardtMotors.com. And again, today, not too bad. We'll get about 37, mostly cloudy. But later on tonight in our area here, uh, we're going to have kind of a wintry mix. So be careful. Down south, as you get closer to La Crosse, it looks like it's all going to be rain. Tomorrow it'll warm up, so that'll mean some rain. We'll be about 45 tomorrow with just showers about a half an inch. Then at night cooling off into the 20s, so we could have some rain-snow mixed again. And then on about 34 on Sunday with a chance of some early snow. And then warming up a little bit next week. 12 degrees right now. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.